Wide open. Catch by Jimmy Over the middle on a one-handed grab. Caught by Chase. Oh my goodness, what a grab. Double team. Higgins has got the ball. That's intercepted. Only someone like Brady and Evans can this actually be caught. Hello and welcome back to Secondary Sideline. I'm your host, Tara Gillespie, and this is NFL Week 2, Episode 2. Now, first of all, before we get into it, I would just like to thank everyone who listened to last week's episode and is continuing to listen this week. I got so many more downloads than I could have ever imagined for my first episode, and I'm just so grateful to have this opportunity. Second of all, my cousin Mairead made an Instagram for the podcast with the handle of Secondary Sideline. You can go follow this account to get all of the updates of what I'm posting, as well as some highlight images each week. Raid is extremely well-versed in all things social media, and she's extremely creative, so hit her up if you want any business or podcast promotions on social media. With that being said, let's get into week two. All right, so let's get started with the Trey Lance injury. He is the rookie quarterback of the San Francisco Forum, North Dakota State University, and Sunday was supposed to be his big debut because he played at Soldier Field on the 11th, but as I said last episode, it was completely soaked. So it wasn't a really good game to look at to see what he can do to look at his abilities, um, and this Sunday was supposed to be that it was supposed to show what he could bring to the table, but his debut ended as fast as it started because I think he was only able to make about 15 plays before he was carted off due to an ankle injury, and it's likely that he's out for the rest of the season. But the 49ers could not have a more ideal backup quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, because not only is he a very solid quarterback, but he is a very, very good-looking quarterback. Um, and Jimmy was ready to go. He led the 49ers to a win over the Seahawks 27-7, to and he was welcomed by fans with open arms. And look, no one wants to see this young of a rookie have to go through this bad of an injury this early in the season, but I don't think that Jimmy Garoppolo is ready to sit on the bench, and I don't think that fans are ready to see him sit on the bench. So I think that we could expect a lot from Jimmy in this upcoming season, and then we'll be able to see Trey Lance next season. So I think all will work out, all will be just fine, but I'm definitely, definitely excited to see Garoppolo play in the upcoming games. All right, so moving on to the theme of this week, which was comeback games. Let's start with Cincinnati, another hard game to watch as a Bengals fan. Bengals lost to the Dallas Cowboys 20-17. So, as I said last week, Dak Prescott is out for a bit, and his uh, backup, Cooper Rush, was able to secure the win against the Bengals. He is a solid backup for the time being, but it did make me wonder if Dak was playing how different this game looked because it was a pretty brutal start for the Bengals. I touched on this last week, but this game truly emphasizes how good the Dallas defense really is, the big name again being Micah Parsons. Now, the Bengals' O-line is a different story. They need a better plan of attack and have needed them for years, but that does not ignore the fact that the D- Dallas defense is unstoppable. Michael Parsons saw his A-game. He took every opportunity he saw, and he wasn't even the best defense during that game statistically. I, like, every single time I looked up, because I was doing my homework while I was watching the game, every single time I looked up, he, he did something new, I swear. And, you know, Joe Burrow is a good quarterback. He's really good about not getting hit, but at the end of the game, it seemed like even he was getting frustrated because it was so difficult for him to move the ball. Uh, He has already gotten sacked 13 times over the past two games, so the Bengals definitely need to make some changes in the upcoming games. I just saw uh, today that he, Joe Burrow, deleted his Instagram and Twitter because 
I assume he's taking this hard. This he's zero and two, and as NFL fans, we know that being zero and two does not make a team look good for the playoffs. Which, even though that's very far in advance, you have to look at that now. So, I'm, I assume Burrow's in his head, and I assume that's why he is trying to delete all these distractions and really focus on his game. The Bengals, even though it was a rough game, they did have a significant comeback, though. The score went from 14-3 to 17-17, but then Dallas was able to keep the field goal just before the end of the fourth quarter. So the Bengals are 0-2, but are looking to improve. So like I said, this week is the week of comebacks because the Bengals-Cowboys game was similar to the Cardinals-Raiders game in that the Cardinals went from 13-0 in the first half to 23-23 at the end of regulation. This game, unlike the Bengals-Cowboys, went into overtime. During the final snap, the Cardinals quarterback, Kyler Murray, scrambled for a touchdown, and then A.J. Green caught for a two-point conversion, which sent the game into overtime. In overtime, Arizona won the coin toss and had the opening drive, but they were stopped by the Raiders, and I think everyone thought that the Raiders had a field goal waiting for them. But then this phenomenal play happened where Hunter Renfro almost made a catch, but not before Isaiah Simmons knocked it loose and then cornerback Byron Murphy ran it back to the end zone, winning the game. The play was under review, but the cameras showed that he just barely scored. Although the Cardinals were able to secure their win, they definitely need to strive for more consistency in their upcoming upcoming games. They can't just, you know, scramble at the last minute. They have to be consistent throughout all four quarters. With that being said, Kyler Murray is a good quarterback to dig his team out of a hole. The second half, had incredible throws by Murray, and it's safe to say that he was a big factor in the Cardinal win on Sunday. Now moving on to the Dolphins-Ravens, in which the Dolphins beat the Ravens 42-38 to with a 21-point comeback. I literally only want to talk about the Dolphins receivers and just the offense in general because I think they need special recognition for their gameplay this week. Tyreek Hill with 190 yards and two touchdowns, Jalen Waddell with 171 yards and two touchdowns. You cannot have a better combo for a team, and we're going to see a lot more of this this season, I am sure of it. But you cannot recognize the receivers without recognizing the quarterback as well. Tua Tungavailoa played an excellent game and had excellent accuracy, so I'm very excited to watch Miami as the season progresses. I don't even want to talk about this. As Five Seconds of Summer said, I wish I could wake up with amnesia, and that's how I felt on Monday morning because I literally don't want to read relive this this is I don't there's Packers let's just do it now I know I said some words last week but unfortunately the Packers might not be as bad as I anticipated the Packers offensive line was the backbone and allowed Aaron Rodgers to be a great playmaker for this game Um, the Packers also have weapons like AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones and I feel like if Aaron Rodgers ever just goes long you know it's getting caught and with the Bears there's probably a two percent chance of getting caught Chicago is the expert at doing this. They get your hopes up, and they won last week against San Francisco, and they had a 3-0 preseason record, and then this game happens, and it just gives you flashbacks to the past three years. It's so disheartening. And I heard someone say this on Sunday. It's like every Bears-Packers game is the exact same game, and it's so disappointing every single time. Not only because it's a Chicago loss, but there's just no excitement to it. Like, it's inevitably going to be a loss. It's terrible. It's literally torture. Chicago has the defense, but the offense needs to be more effective in moving the ball and becoming more consistent because the Bears have, like, spurts of momentum. Like, in the second half, Montgomery had a couple of decent runs, but they just need to maintain that throughout the duration of the game. 
that's all I'm going to say about that. I literally don't even, it's gone now. It didn't happen. We're moving on to the Buccaneers versus the Saints. Okay, so the Buccaneers won 20 to 10 against the Saints, but if you've been on Twitter at all this weekend, you've probably seen the tension that came from this game. First of all, a frustrated Tom Brady threw a Microsoft tablet to the ground and broke it. I'm not even sure what that's about, but that's not even like the main story from this game. Early in the fourth quarter, it looked like Marshawn Lattimore, cornerback for the Saints, said something to Tom Brady, and then Leonard Fournette shoved him, and then Mike Evans slammed into him full force. Honestly, these emotions are nothing to really write home about because it seemed inevitable. These two teams have had tension for some time now, and Evans and Lattimore very much go head-to-head. I think they had a similar situation in 2017, just not this escalated. Both players were ejected from the game, and Evans got a one-game suspension for unsportsmanlike conduct and unnecessary roughness, which he did try to appeal, but the NFL, he didn't win because the NFL thinks that the fight would not have escalated without his involvement. So that's all I have for week two. Thank you again so much for listening, and stay tuned for NFL Week 3. I will see you next week.